Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to our live broadcast. Um, once again, if you have any prayer requests, testimonies, or scriptural questions, please let me know. You can do that on any social media platform that you're watching on, or you can contact us on our website, as you see uh, right there, jasondemars.com, or send me an email at demjas at gmail.com, or you can call or text me at 612-293-6846. So, we're going to be starting a new series today called Receiving the Spirit. This will be part one. And we're going to be going through um, uh, an important subject. Um, is there biblical evidence to suggest the new birth is a distinct act from the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So we're, we want to look at that in detail. Can we prove it out scripturally that uh, uh, the, the teaching and the idea is that by faith, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're born again. Then later on, as a distinct act of grace, you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So are these two different acts, or are they one and the same act, just described in two different ways? And then we're going to talk a little bit about what is the evidence of receiving the Spirit. So let's get started. John 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, then ahead to verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So we're looking here at a nature change, an ability change. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. That which is born of the flesh comes in the nature of the flesh that it's born from. That which is born of the Spirit comes in the nature of the Spirit that it's born in. Matthew 3.11, one of the first places we see speaking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, is there biblical evidence to say that the disciples and Old Testament saints were born again, but, but not baptized with the Holy Spirit? So, that, that's the basic idea behind the doctrine, is that the new birth was there, during the Old Testament, during the time that Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and telling about the new birth, it was there in an existence, and then the, the new promise is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at it once again. The, baptism, the, the new birth is speaking of a nature change. 
All right, Numbers 14, 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land uh, to possess it. Um, so he's got, Caleb has another spirit. Deuteronomy 10, verse 16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Uh, God commands them, you circumcise your heart. You be no more stiff-necked. Deuteronomy 30, 5 through 6, And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. So one place under the Old Covenant, he says, you circumcise your heart. The next, pl next place he says, I will do it. What's the difference is in the Old Covenant, it was you needing to obey God. And that was proven a failure. You couldn't do that. The Old Covenant wasn't a failure. You and I were a failure because we couldn't circumcise our hearts. So God says, I, look, I, I see you can't do it. I'm going to do it for you. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 is another promise for you, that, for, for the New Covenant. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Okay, God is promising for the future through Ezekiel. I'm going to give you a new spirit, a new heart, and I'll give you my spirit. So this is a future promise from the time of Ezekiel. All right. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So God promises a new covenant, not after the old covenant, but a new covenant. What is the new covenant? He's going to take the law. What is the law? The old covenant. He's going to take the old covenant law and write it on our hearts and in our minds. So what is that? That's the Holy Ghost. That's what the promise was that Jesus would shed his blood, that he would rise again, that he would ascend to heaven and be our mediator, and that he would give us the Holy Spirit. That is the new covenant. So, why a new covenant if Caleb and other Jewish heroes were already born again? Why the future promise of circumcising the hearts and mind? Why the future promise of a new heart and a new spirit and God's Spirit. What's the purpose of the new promise if they already had the new birth there? 
that they believed God and they were born again, had a new nature. Why that promise? Now, let's go to the gospel in action. That's the book of Acts. The book of Acts gives us this picture. Now, does Peter speak of two different acts of the Spirit? Does Paul, in his epistles, describe two different acts of the Spirit? One in birth and one in baptism. Can you be born again or born of the Spirit and not a part of the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, and whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have made, been made, all made to drink into one Spirit. So what places you into the body of Christ? There, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So then we look at that, can we then be born again and not be in the body of Christ? Is it possible? Acts 2.33 Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. What did he shed forth? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.37 and 38 Does Peter talk about two different events? Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And implying, what shall we do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just one thing spoken of there. Acts eight, fourteen through 17 Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Nowhere is it speaking about two different events. Acts 9.17 And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, The Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, so in the book of Acts, we see in each time frame, each instance, uh, people received the Holy Ghost. We don't see it speaking about two different acts of being first being born again, and then later on receiving the Holy Ghost. We just see the different parts of the plan of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent. Be baptized in His name. And receive the Holy Ghost. That was, that was God's program. That was God's purpose. And the Holy Ghost coming upon them brings forth the new birth that produces the new life, the new nature. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Can you be born of of the Spirit without receiving the baptism of the Spirit? Being immersed in the Spirit? Can you receive the Spirit of God and not be uh, born again? Of course, you have to be 
in order to be born again, you have to receive the Holy Ghost. That's, that's clear and simple. Now, there is a, a filling of the Holy Ghost in the, New, in the Old Testament, and there's a refilling of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. So the first thing I see, think of is 1 Samuel 10, verse 